Hello, and welcome to the DBSA podcast. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches Trashy Books, and I am on my own here in Anaheim, California, at the Romance Writers of America National Convention. This year, instead of doing an author video, I'm doing a lot of podcast interviews because I wanted to share with you a sense of who comes to RWA, what they do while they're here, and what they're looking for, and why RWA is something that people make sure they have time and funds for every year. This podcast includes interviews with Daniel Jackson and Beth Kasky from Sourcebooks, with Sarah Morgan, Karina Bliss, J.C. Burton, and some readers and authors, including Patty McDonald, who is an unpublished author who asked if she could sit next to me at breakfast and probably regrets that decision a little bit. I hope you enjoy this glimpse of RWA, and I will be back with more interviews in the coming days. In the meantime, thank you for listening, and thank you to Harlequin for sponsoring the podcast. And now, let's get on with it. So you are Patty McDonald, and you write romantic suspense and also YA. That's correct. Okay, so you're really excited about your YA project. I am. What is it? Tell me about it. I have a, a young woman who's been adopted, and as she hits in puberty, she finds out she's a werewolf. Her Uh-oh. adoptive parents have no idea. That'll be problematic. So it's you really can't fix that at Target. Problem. So basically, why did you buy a gallon of Nair? Oh, no reason. <laughs> you would think that maybe it was a, a. I picked a temporary title called Overbite. And right. Of course, we know there are a lot of stories out there uh, since I came in with that title. But basically, the concept I started with was instead of her boobs growing, her canines did. And that's where the overbite It's a lot came easier to heart, hide that, though. Teeth are, like, right. totally easier to hide. Only if you don't talk. Only if you don't talk. That's true. So she has to isolate herself. Well, she just doesn't talk much. She has to control. The, the canines go in and out. Right. Basically, when she gets excited, they extend. Mm-hmm. And, of course, along with that, what does she get? She gets a terrible lisp. So do you have editor or agent appointments while you're here? I do. Oh, exciting. And, uh, you know, I'm not at the point where I'm ready to pursue the, the indie yet. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that at some point I won't. Uh, I think you need to see what's out there before making I definitely decision. think it's important for everybody to explore their options. And one of the things that, one of the things that bothers me about a lot of the talk about one versus the other is that one is, has to be better. And I think that it, it, for everyone else, it's there. It, it, there's there's going to be an option that works for them. It could be both. It could be none. It could be one or the other. But there's not just one that's better than the other. And it's I, not a zero-sum game. Right. And I, and I think that there's still a lot of fallout to happen that oh, yes. hasn't occurred from this. And while being on the forefront of the indie might be good, if you come out with something that's not your best product, yes, that's how probably. you ever um, retrieve that out of the market mm-hmm. and erase any black marks that might come against you? So I think... Proceeding with caution is a good idea. So, this is, is this your first RWA? Oh, no. How many RWAs have you been to? Maybe seven or eight. Wow, so you've been going for I've a long time. I've been writing, the, you know, long time. I, I have two grown daughters now, but there are times in your life when writing gets put on the back burner. Yep. And, you know, I, I spent a number of years driving my older daughter to community college. And while I probably should have taken a laptop at the time, you know, it was like little short snippets here and there, but it was too scattered to 
effectively mm -hmm. keep at it. Mm -hmm. So I let it lapse for a little while, and then I came back. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it seems like you keep learning to keep reading. Mm -hmm. Even if you're not actively writing, you're... Your brain's still working on it. Well, you're being it. a sponge. You're pulling in all the, right. the knowledge. And your brain works on it. It does. Sometimes slowly. Yes. I, I often have that feeling when I'm thinking about something that I want to write for the website. Like my, um, you know the old coffee makers that had the little percolator at the top? Right, right. The coffee company. The little no. metal. <laughs> right. So I sort of think of that as my brain percolating. And then once once I finally understand what it is that I want to say, what, what the point I want to make is, then I'm going to see the coffee stop jumping up into oh. the top and I know it's ready. I, I think of it as percolating. I'm just waiting for the time where I get the ready signal. That's, I can understand that. It's like... I remember the first few RWA meetings I went to, the, just the chapter meetings, and sitting there not able to take in all the information. Mm -hmm. Maybe a year later you hear someone talking on a similar subject, and that light bulb finally and comes you, on. And understand. And then further on down the way, you know, it's automatic. It's just percolating as soon as you put your fingers totally, on the totally keyboard. Totally, totally is, yeah. That's cool. So, so what piece of advice would you have for someone who's thinking about, do I want to go to RWA? Because you've been seven times, you said? Maybe, maybe seven. Yeah. I think one of the things is not to overwhelm yourself. Be sure to take breaks. Uh, Very good. One of, the, Very good one of the things that I absolutely love about RWA is the welcoming that you get. Uh, I recently moved to Texas from California. Bless your and heart. And I walked in. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I love my sisters there. But I walked into um, our Lone Star Conference there. That was the first I meeting heard I attended. That is a really good conference. It is a wonderful conference. We've got it. Here, we'll give it a plug. Yay, October 13th and 14th. And is that in Sugarland? That is not in Sugarland. That will be in Houston. It's near the um, IH, the airport. Main nice. Airport and uh, I walked in there knowing no one, and I walked out with a bunch of new friends. Uh, I felt so welcomed. It, the only thing it reminded me of was going back, say, to a college reunion, people you hadn't seen in a long time, and you just felt like you belong. Yes, I know and exactly that was what you mean. the feeling that I got with that. It's wonderful. I often think that among romance readers and writers that the genre is almost a common language and that once you are, are aware of it, you know of so many different things in common that you have with someone else who's a romance reader. So now that you know that everyone in the room is pretty much likely to be a romance reader or writer, you have things that you can talk about to get to know someone beyond where are you from and what do you do. Because we know, we know mostly what they do. They either read or write or are involved in publishing. That's true. And where they're from is always interesting, but then I've noticed when you sit in the lobby, you'll see two people talk, and then it'll be four, and then it'll be eight, and then it'll be like two hours later, there's like eight <laughs> empty martini glasses and about 15 people all talking about books and yes. the, the things that they want to read or write, and it's an amazingly powerful common language. And it also I lets agree. you walk up to somebody and say, are you here for the conference? Exactly. Which, which is what which I is, did which to is you. Which is what you did to me, which is awesome. Ago. I'm here with Danielle Jackson. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and tell me your last name. Pelkey. Beth Pelkey. Beth Pelkey. And they are publicists for Sourcebooks. And I'm going to ask them lots of nosy questions. <laughs> so how full are your schedules at RWA this year? 
Very full. Very full. We're pretty busy. We do have, we try to leave little windows so we can like check our email so our inboxes don't completely explode. Inbox explosion. Yeah. But I say we have like breakfast and lunch meetings almost every day and a dinner meeting almost every there are a couple of there are two days where we don't have dinner meetings so we can just have like silent dinners yes yeah <laughs> I, when I did my schedule I blocked off time where I could go in my room and hide yes because I can't take being around big crowds before I start to feel exhausted right. <laughs> so what are your sort of responsibilities when you come to a conference as publicists what are some of the things that you have to do while you're here like what are your goals for your time at RWA well it's not to attend sessions on craft no right. <laughs> We do go to, we'll go to some marketing and PR sessions and just kind of see what a lot of people are saying. What's always interesting, at least for us as in-house publicists, it always seems like people think that in-house publicists don't do very much. Which is total horse crap. Right. So, you know, so I, I personally like to go. We try to make sure that at least every author who attends RWA meets with at least one source books person. So you there's feel a lot like of... So, receiving some attention. Yeah. So they meet with someone. So whether it's their editor or it's Beth or I, one of their publicists, or, or if Dominique is here, you know, anyone... So everyone meets with someone from Sourcebook so they can voice any concerns. You know, that's like usually the first thing I ask. Do you have any questions or concerns? And, you know, it, it makes a difference when it's face-to-face rather than over email or the phone. Um, yeah. So that's a big chunk of our time. And then the final, it worked out this year where our spotlight and our signing are both on the same day on Saturday. Oh, so that's really handy. Saturday morning we have the spotlight and everyone who comes there we tell. We have our signing, you know, this afternoon at 3 o'clock. And so... Beth and I go and we get the room set up for the signing or for the spotlight, and then later in the day we also like I we kind of run the signing, yeah. And we make sure our authors are all there. They have books out, and we're in constant motion the whole time. Um, so yeah, Saturday is like the big source books day, yes, um, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, um, it's nice because I'm meeting with a couple debut authors, which is nice to see them face to face. So you know, it just makes the process a little lot easier when you see them first before all the madness starts and you can explain what's going to happen. Here's the sequence of events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it also helps, I think, when you're doing something that's a little intimidating, like publicity, to have actually met the person you're corresponding with. Mm-hmm. It can also help sort of alleviate some misunderstandings yes. that happen in email, because yes. you've already met this person. Mm-hmm. You kind of have a face and a voice to go mm-hmm. with the email. There's someone you know. It's, right. not, like, it's not like you're some some stranger right. who's, you know, and this is one of 30 books you've got right. to promote this week, and you don't really care. You're actually right. a person who's yeah. made the effort to demonstrate yeah. that you want to talk to them directly. Yeah. And I think it helps, yeah, when you meet face-to-face, because I know, like, sometimes... I get accused of not using enough exclamation points for, like, enthusiasm. And so I think when, like, someone finally meets me in person, like, they kind of understand, okay, she, she's not upset with me. No. She yeah. really meant that was good without right. an exclamation point. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that why helps. exclamation points are so encouraged in They email. really are. I have limited myself to one exclamation point per email. I'm not allowed to use more than yeah. one. Because I got myself... I don't know how. I guess it was just reading in the habit of using too many friggin' exclamation yeah. points. I'm like, what am I, six? Right. right. I have, like, unicorns and Lisa Frank stationery right. in my yeah. email yeah. now? Come on. Periods I do are use fine. emoticons, though, probably more than you I do. should. I yeah. use a lot of smiley faces, which well, I don't need to. I feel like those, those... I think those help to communicate tone. I do, the, yeah. yeah. Especially because I'm very sarcastic and yeah. dry. I have sometimes I have to say, man, sarcasm here. Have a right. Face. <laughs> yeah. I just don't think I'm being literal. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that... that but, yeah, face-to-face meetings are really awesome. Yeah, and this is my first... RWA, so oh, get ready. I know. Yeah. 
So, but yeah, there's some workshops that I'm looking forward to. Like, mm -hmm. I work on women's fiction and romance, so there's a session about blurring the lines between women's fiction and romance. I think will be beneficial. Be awesome. The Rita Awards I'm looking forward to, and our author I'm dinner. very looking forward to the Rita Awards mm -hmm. this year. I want to do, like, a lot of uh, red carpet camera. Oh, that'd be yeah. so cool. Take pictures of the gowns. One author just told me, yeah, but if you take a picture of our gowns and post them, then we can't wear that gown again. <laughs> like, oh, good point. Of course you can, though. But Kate Middleton does it. I'm excited that Nora Roberts is here. Yes. Because I that's how I used to steal my mom's Nora Roberts romance novels to read them. Did you know in the, the car that brought me to the hotel, the guy was asking what he went to town for, what conference, and I was explaining, he goes, wait, is Nora Roberts going to be there? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, she is. And he's like, oh, I love her books. Oh, that's I amazing. love her books. I had one in the car, like, yesterday. I was reading, I love her books. She's great. That's so awesome. And then he's quiet for a second. He goes, it's romance? I'm like, yeah. it's totally romance, dude. It's romance. It's <laughs> if you read the hardcovers, but it didn't look like the kind we read in the bridal trilogy or the yeah. hotel. Right. I was reading like the suspense hardcovers. Yeah. I'm like, that's romantic suspense, but it's romance. I can't remember if, if I told you the story, but at when RWA was in D.C., my brother went to the Naval Academy, mm -hmm. and so he was at school, and he was able to get leave, and so he came and stayed the night one night um, just to, like, get out, and it was actually... I didn't go to the Rita's, but we because we went and saw Harry Potter because the fifth Harry Potter movie had come out. Right. So like we went to the movies, but we're going down to the movies. The Rita's had just ended, and like off the elevator comes Nora Roberts, and she had just won, I think, for tribute for I think novel with romantic elements. So she's got the Rita statue. She's in a gown. My brother was like, who's that lady? <laughs> and I was like, that was no I was like, I'm like starstruck. Because apparently she's been on my floor the entire time. I had no idea. And she was like, he was like, Nora Roberts? He's like, that lady mom has like 85 million books by. I was like, yes, that's Nora Roberts. And he was like, she's kind of hot. <laughs> so I had like my 20-year-old brother like, telling me that Nora Roberts was really attractive. She's kind of hot. Yeah. <laughs> so it was amazing. What are the sorts of things that you look forward to at RWA when you come to RWA? What are the things that you like look forward to? What are the things that you're like, all right, this is going to be awesome? Because sometimes I look at RWA and I'm really excited. And sometimes I look at my calendar and I think, I need a nap. Yeah. <laughs> what did I do to myself? Yeah. I think one thing that we do every year is we take all of the source books authors out to dinner. Mm -hmm. And we always go some, we always pick somewhere that's a little bit further away from the hotel. And yep. we'll take them there yep. in either limos or like this year, because we have so many people, we have like a giant limo bus that should hopefully be awesome on the inside. Nice. It looks pretty from the pictures. Um, and we're going, we're going to Newport Beach, so we're going to eat on the on the water oh, that's and have like fresh seafood and like it should be a lot of fun. So that and that's always fun because everyone's all together and everyone gets to know one another. You know, I think what's cool about Sourcebooks authors is they all know one another in some respect and they kind of all get behind one another. Like so, on Twitter or on Facebook, they're always yeah. like. Retweeting and interacting, and I swear it's like a family, which is yeah. nice. <laughs> that, that's like my favorite thing. Yeah. Well, since this is my first hour to be late, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And just, I just hear it's so much different than RT, so I'm interested to see the differences. It's very different from RT. Yeah. Very different. A um, lot less corsets, very little mansions. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is, 
make sure you build time or you're you're expecting if you have free time and you're in the lobby or you're downstairs you're going to run into five different people that you want to talk with for a few minutes and that's okay that's part of why you're yeah. here <laughs> and if you schedule yourself so tightly that you can't enjoy those little pockets it's really stressful it's like I really want to talk to you but I have to go back right. it's actually right. kind of cool to be like oh, I never see you I talk to you every day because that's, yeah. that's what happens in our WA you're seeing in person the people that you talk to online yes. all day yeah long. just last night when we were sitting out there people are saying hi to each other they're just seeing face to face for yes. the first time but they act like they know each other they've been talking online they, for years so is there anything else you want to add about source books for the podcast anything you're really excited that you want to mention that's like dude this book's going to be wicked awesome oh, I know you mentioned the Susanna Kearsley book yeah yes. we have Susanna Kearsley will the next next spring we do have another one in the fall October we have Shadowy Horses which is a fan favorite really? yeah. yeah Shadowy Certainly. Horses the Shadowy fun. Horses everyone who's read Susanna is like my favorite is Shadowy Horses well, in September, we have a book called Kiss of Steel by Beck McMaster. She's a debut. She's actually from Australia. It's a steampunk kind of... Steampunk doesn't overwhelm the story, which I really like, but it takes place in Victorian London. Um, and it's kind of the aristocracy. They all kind of get infected with this virus that eventually turns them into a vampire. Oh, my. And so, like, the vampire folklore is actually really cleverly done. Where it's not just like, okay, you're, you got bitten, it's a vampire. Like, it's this virus. And so the aristocracy, they call themselves blue bloods. And, and they all inbreed. And they all inbreed. So it's kind of like this mark of, you know, like, this is how you're supposed to be. So we've got a cool Victorian debut from Pamela Sherwood called Walter the Stranger. Um, it's Victorian, and this girl, she's a twin sister. and But she, so her, the one sister, the heroine has... A deformity, like she was in an accident, so she has a limp and she has a scar on her face. And she's out, you know, she's at a ball, and her twin sister is like, you know, totally everyone's in love with her, everyone thinks she's great, so she's gonna give a suitor, but you know, she used to be beautiful, so she's very insecure. So she's like off on the terrace by herself, and this guy comes out to get some air, and they start talking, and he asks her to dance, and they have this one dance. And so, you know, she, she ends up leaving to go to Bath to get some fresh air and to recuperate for the rest of the season. I think it's actually longer than that. It's like a year yeah, or something. And she, and she comes back, and he's engaged to her sister. And so it's kind of like how they deal with that because it awakens all these feelings. Yeah, and she loves her sister. Her sister would never do anything mean to her, but no one knew about that dance that they shared and that she's been thinking about him this whole time she's away. He might have been thinking about it. Right. You don't know. And, you know, she gets better. Like, her limp isn't as severe, and, you know, she just looks completely different, and she kind of owns who she is. I think that's important, too, is that even though she has a scar and she has this limp, she kind of comes into her own. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah Morgan. She writes Harlequin Presents. And Mills and Boone Medicals? No? No not, Medicals. Not so much at the moment. No? Just, just the, just the presents. presents. Taking all okay. my time. Damn those alpha billionaires. Man, pains in the ass. Okay. So, you're nominated for a Rita. That's right. And you're in really, really tough competition I here. I am in tough competition. Very tough competition. Did you read any of the other books? Yes. Which ones They're did you very read? tough competition. Are you going to go to any sessions at RWA? Are there any sessions that you really want to attend? Actually, I am planning to go to a couple of sessions, but so often that you're when you're meeting editors and agents and it's the first time that you've managed to get together with colleagues for such a long time, right, right, right. you actually find that your schedule is so full that sometimes the one thing that you really want to go to clashes with the thing you have to go to so then you find that you're not actually going to any sessions at all but this year I am determined to go to a session if only to say I've been to a session 
Have you ever, have you ever convinced somebody to read a Harlequin Presents that, that like you didn't think would want to, and then you could convince them to read one? Yeah, my friends. Yeah. Who wonder, who are curious about what I write will read one. Yeah. And then I get the usual comment of, "This is really good. You should write a proper book one day." <laughs> People. I know. Yeah, I get that all the time. You should so write a good. Why aren't book. you? Why aren't you writing a proper book? Writing a proper so book. I just take it as a compliment, and I think, well, if you think it's that good, then that's great. But this is a proper book. <laughs> because the other thing you get is, oh yes, I'm going to write one of those when I get a minute. Yeah. Bite me. When I get a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, I just what I actually do is I write my books with one hand while I'm washing yeah. the dishes with the other. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So how long does it take you to write a book? Have you plotted out how long it takes? Mm. Because so you variable. write, do you write four a year? But anything from, yeah, four, I have done six when I was doing medicals as well. Now I'm doing just presents. It's slightly slower. They're very intense, so... There's a lot of angst. Yeah, a lot of angst. Slightly more difficult, I think, to craft than perhaps a medical. Well, I find it more difficult. I think it's all very personal. It depends from author to author, doesn't it? Do you miss writing medicals? I like the contemporary feel, but it's nice to have a change as well. I've done a lot of medicals. Um, I've written 35 medicals, so it's nice to have a change. Now listen, just one qualification. Yes, I'm rubbish. Don't, I don't feel compelled to use it. Oh, I doubt it. I might not have a lot to say. Actually. You might not have so, a lot to say. Just because, yeah, I know it's extraordinary. I'm really nosy, and I have ways of making <laughs> oh, you talk. Okay, fine. <laughs> well, remember, I'm an ex-journalist too. So yeah, I'm not used to you're a former journalist. Questions. I'm gonna, I'm gonna grill you. Get ready. So I'm here with Karina Bliss. <laughs> Yay! Who's here from from New Zealand? Now you flew yesterday for is it 14 hours? 12 and a half. 12, 12 and, and a half, half hours direct flight. That's not bad. It's That's like bad. like it's eight fine. books, right? You can read eight <laughs> books or write two. Do you know two? what I read on Nalini Singh's blog <laughs> before I got on the plane that she was taking her laptop to review a novella? <sighs> and uh, and I just hit a book. <laughs> so I thought, now I know why really she's on the book. New York Times bestseller. She's working on a book. knows how to work. Yeah. What do you come to RWA for? Like, what, what brings you to this conference? Because it's a big-ass flight you got to do. Uh, I try and come every three years, and it's usually touch base with my editor, touch base with my agent, right, and hopefully get inspiration for the work. Yeah. Because most of the time you're sitting by yourself, right, and you're not. So being among your peers is yes. something that you know you get reenthused. You can use the same shorthand with people. They all know what you're talking about when it's you're talking about the story arc and dark moments, and that's in your personal life before yes. you get to the actual book <laughs> in terms of writing the book. Yes, I've been there at that time. Oh my god, I've been there. And it's, yeah, it's, it's you're it's basically a with a bunch of other paranoid yes. people who, who spend a lot of time totally by themselves. get what you do and why you do it, and that you're living <laughs> in an alternative world and don't have much conversation. So, are you working on a book right now? I am. I'm finishing the uh, fourth book in an SAS Hero series. And whose book is next? This book is uh, Lee's book. And that's oh, kind of interesting. Because he's he was, not dead. He's, yeah. He's I, not wrote dead. wrote the first book, I had no intention of bringing him back. 
and I was hunting for a name and I just grabbed one of my husband's co-workers, Lee. So now I'm stuck with a hero, <laughs> but I really have no, I have no relationship with the name. I haven't pulled over books, I haven't sort of, you know, <laughs> envisaged him at all. So, um, but what I wanted, I always knew I was going to write a book for the, his heroine. You know, she was always a character, the bereaved, his bereaved fiance. Um, Jules, and I figured right? that the, yeah, Jules, and I figured that the guys would get together to find her right. a replacement. It would be right. one of those cute stories. Because they would take care of her. And they would take care of her. But I couldn't find a man. I couldn't come up with a hero that was actually as good as they were or was deserving of her. And I always wanted to write a Back to the Dead story. So it was a little tricky. Well, I had a hint, though. Because when they when when one of the one of the books I think it was the the most recent one said that all that they found of him was like a thumb or something or a, yes. or a shoe I was yeah. like and he was oh. thrown out of the yeah. vehicle right if he if there's no body in soap opera world he ain't dead indeed <laughs> but you it know? was difficult because I did come across a very interesting character a doctor an American doctor who helps writers yeah. with medical problems and he right. did tell me and it was an issue that you know if you're a serviceman. Um, they will do DNA testing. Yes. Regardless, and you actually don't need much of a human body. Of a sample to get, DNA. to get DNA. Yeah, you can get DNA so. off like one hair. But the, the fortunate thing about writing New Zealand settings is that we have a little bit more leeway. In yes. What's done or not done, or the reader is more that likely was, to give you the benefit of the doubt that they don't know how it works down there. That was one of the discussion points at the, at the for the last book because of the twist at the end, which I don't want to give away. That you know the hero of that book would never have been able to. Um, it would have been court-martialed for what had happened. Yes, but in my mind, he never knew. Uh, his CO did know. Yeah. But it was, again, one of those black, uh, those um, grey areas right. where like you, you, you would, would make not a moral choice. To prove. And the interesting thing is, because I've had the, I found that a really interesting point, particularly because it, I think the comment came from a military... Yes, a military wife. A military wife. It's kind of um, scary when how I much about it, they know, it, too. Was a lot of a, there was a lot of a moral dimension to that. And some people will say, yes, oh. I would absolutely go along with that and others would say no absolutely I would not and yes it, would, it deserves a court martial the see in most, my mind it did not <laughs> the, the most turning my phone off beg your pardon the, the most poignant part of that book for me was when all of his when all of the people who were in his group finally learned the full story of what had happened and their first response was oh dude and they were like holding him like like I can't believe you did that and you didn't tell us and, and, and they weren't like repulsed or reviled they were all like no that's what we would have done uh, I do think that you know, military people—they are dealing with life and death. Yes, and there they are very going to be black and white answers. Obviously, they are in a structure that is black and white, and that's the public impression. But I'm sure, privately, you know, that they'd be making moral dilemma yes. choices all the time. So when does does Back from the Dead Lee's book come <laughs> Back out? Back from the Dead? Yes. My Back from the Dead fake amnesia book? Hey, why just have one? Wait! Why just have fake one amnesia Back from the Dead? If there's a secret too. baby, you win bingo. <laughs> no. <laughs> no secret baby. I'm not very good on secret baby books. Actually, I have no, that has no appeal. But, um. I don't know how you hide it. Like, how do you keep it a secret? <laughs> well, I should have the one things about category, though, is that you can, do some you can have a preposterous and oh. fun hook. The crunchier the hook, the better. Oh, and, crazy um, sauce books are my favorite. But the interesting thing about super romances is you can have that hook, but then you actually have to make it as real as possible. It yes. has to be believable. You have to keep the reader in the book and in the story. Whereas some of the shorter lines, the fantasy aspect is allowed to carry through. Right, and it can be completely over-the-top crazy. Yes. And that's part of it. Yes. I've, I've started to sort of shorthand the different lines for people. Like, Harlequin Presents is incredible angst and alpha heroes and very innocent heroines set outside of the United States. 
and, Har and Harlequin Desire is that same set of tropes in the United States. Oh. And then Super Romance is, is going to rip your heart out and hand it to you, most likely. Yes. There's a lot of grief and, and big life change and painful things, and I'm very selective about what supers I read because there's some things that just make me cry and I don't ever get to satisfy See, I don't the happy like ending. crying as a reader. Oh, I don't like crying either, but the, the Super Romance line is sort of like, okay, there's going to be really incredible emotion in here, and it's going to, and, and in the hands of a good writer, you get this incredible amount of emotion that, that you work through with the story. I think there's a lot of diversity in the line, yes. too. I think the authors have a lot of individual freedom. You know, if you want to have a comic voice, or you've got intrigue, or you're yes. in a small town yes. romance, or even a city, some sort of city office work. And with the increased word count, you get a more immersion of the, where the book is set. Like, I yes. feel like I've learned a lot about New Zealand just reading your books. I've never been there. Oh, good. But I feel like I understand a little bit of what news, what makes New Zealand unique and, and, like, some of the words that you incorporate into the books that are the tr they're truly Kiwi words. Like, no one else uses them. Like, the word for beach house. So nobody says that. I'm sorry that I didn't actually... Uh, I meant to put a pronunciation in the front of the book, which right. is batch. Batch. I, I was thinking, you know, I was like, yeah. you know, Bach. Like yes, I know. Composer, bat, bat, bat. Which sounds good, but you, yeah. Right. I figured it was batch, like beach, the same you sound. You can tell you've had a classical ed good education. Yeah. Automatically like, defaulting to Bach. Yeah, I like Bach. All of the, see, see, what this means, though, is that all of the Kiwi beach houses have a very Baroque exterior. They're all very large and made of marble, and they all have organs. Wouldn't that be nice? With big powdered wig men, you know, playing the organ in each one. Oh, yes. I like the sound I have of a great, I have a great mental image of Kiwis. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, how many RWAs have you been to? Oh, I've probably been to about four, actually. My first one was in Reno, and I won a Golden Heart for um, my first, uh, for a manuscript, Venus Rising, which was actually my third manuscript. Third wow. Manuscript. So, nice. And that was really exciting, and I thought, my God, I'm, I'm about to, to launch. <laughs> <laughs> Getting published in hindsight was the easy part. Yeah, <laughs> building your name is, is much harder. Yeah. Although, I, I honestly think that when people start naming Harlequin authors that they recommend, I almost always hear your name. So you're oh, doing gosh. a good job of building it. I have not, to say, um, Bliss is a good, is a good name for a romance Yes, it's a very good romance name. Yeah. Very My family, family did well there. So that's your actual name? It is, yes. It would actually be a little bit twee, wouldn't it, if it wasn't my real name? Oh, oh I don't know. It's not like a little it's bit Karina's try hard. Pants. If, it was a, if it was a pseudonym, there's Karina's sexy pants. Yeah, actually, yeah, I kind of like that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you branch out into erotica, that's the name you can use. Yeah, well, actually, someone did say that you know, with a name like mine, it has to be a romance author or porn star. Yes, <laughs> that is a great porn star name. So, have there has there been anyone at RWA that you've like been totally excited to meet, like just yes, jittery? I'm hanging out to meet Joey DeBorn. The historical romance writer. Oh, she was in the lobby. Oh, was she? She's I'm a, a bit of a fangirl of hers. Oh, and I, she's I awesome. also love um, Susan Elizabeth Willis, Robin Carr. Yes. Actually, um, quite a range, really. You're meeting There's all a the lot nice of people authors. That Are they? Oh, yeah, <laughs> you're good. meeting all the nice people. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if there, there are a lot of authors here, I'd love to go and have a chat too. Well, the nice book. thing about, about romance writers is I think that once you get show up at a conference like this, it's like, okay, finally, I'm among my people. Yes, and everyone's very approachable and very friendly. Yes. It doesn't matter whether, you know, it's the first conference as an unpublished writer or they've been on the New York Times bestsellers list for 20 years. Yeah, they'll all be you at the bar. You can go up to anyone and have a chat. Yeah, yeah exactly. They're all, all be at the bar. bar. We're all at the bar. Let's work Starbucks or then we're at the bar. <laughs> 
And our final piece of the podcast today, me grabbing three people on their way into the literacy signing on Wednesday night and asking them if they'd like to be interviewed. Unfortunately for me, they did. I'm Jennifer Probst. Hello. Hello. And I am looking very forward to seeing one of my all-time favorite authors, Susan Elizabeth Phillips. She is one of my all-time faves. I've been waiting for her new book, The Great Escape. I've been waiting for her to sign for me. And I'm kind of like a fan stalker. Uh, The last RWA conference, I saw her in the airport bathroom. (laughs) And I washed my hands next to her the whole time going, oh my God, oh my God, should I say something? It's Susan Elizabeth Phillips. And I looked up and I said, did you have a good conference? (laughs) And she said, yes, I did, did you? And I said... Yes, I did. And then I walked out and I told my girlfriend that I got this close to her and she talked to me in the bathroom. So I think she's amazing. She's an absolutely amazing author. That's awesome. Yeah. That's my stalker story. What about you, ma'am? What's your name? I'm Abby Wilder. That's my pseudonym. Your real name is like Humperdinck Poker Dutt? (laughs) Yes, I'm looking forward to seeing Susan Elizabeth Phillips, but I also want to see um, J.C. Burton. I read one of her play-by series. Which one? The first one. Oh, with the seriously hot cover? With yeah, the, well, that's what attracted me first Sweaty, to the dripping story. man, chest, yes. and a football? And actually, I never read her before. The, the first one, yes. Mm-hmm. So, yes. And now I'm um, into the second one, so hopefully she has the third one here. If she doesn't, I'm going to cry. But anyway. She's awesome. Yes, she is. Super awesome. Um, but what I'm, you want to know what we most look forward to at RWA? Mm-hmm. To be totally honest. Totally honest. Being with my friends. Seriously. We were just talking Makes about this. Makes perfect sense to yes. me. I've met a lot of great people through RWA conferences, and um, I made a lot of great friendships that I don't, re- you know, I'm very happy about them. It's so kind of like being with the tribe. Yep. Yes, that's oh, it. Like you yeah. show it's up going and everyone back speaks with your tribe. And everyone language. speaks the speaking yes. language. Yep. And everyone understands. Yes. Everybody knows what good book noise is. Yes. Yes. <gasps> yes. yes. Or if you're talking that. about a character and your husband looks at you like you've got three heads. Nobody here is going to do that. No, they all like brainstorm with you. And if you bring up dark moment, people are going to be like, in your real life or their lives? Yeah. Or their lives. Oh, I totally understand. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So exactly. well said. Yeah. So that's, that's exactly what I'm happy to be so I think that's out. awesome. That's, yeah. I mean, I have the same thing. Like, there's people that I only see at conferences. Exactly. And, and, and it's like, you know, I'm going to go to Target, and I should see you. You should be my neighbors. I should, right. go to, I should run into you in the grocery store. No, I run into you at RWA or Random Times. And that's it's only once a year. It's once oh, a year. Yeah. Well, we tell, yeah. I think um, Jen says refills are well, because yes. we really need that creatively. So Yeah, and you need it creatively, and you need to be with people. Because a lot of people who read romance don't have people in their lives that they can talk to about it without getting, oh, those books. <gasps> yes. Especially at work. Yes. Oh, yeah. They're passing around Fifty Shades of Grey like it's um, War and Peace or something like that. Oh, God, it's like it's a great novel. And I'm like, you're kidding, right? Oh, <laughs> I know. And, and, and I just want to be like, okay, look, I'm so awesomely happy that you like this. Come over here and let me just feed exactly. your crack happy. Oh, really yeah. We've exactly. got a whole list for you. Yeah, we can exactly. have yes. yes. But I don't read those books. Well, yes, yes, you do, actually. <laughs> Sorry to inform you, but you do. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> What about you? Who are you looking forward well, to? Well, I mean, I, there's who a lot of them, but I'm Amy Carson. Hi, Amy Carson. Uh, that I is both my real name and my pen name. You go, girl. <laughs> I have made that mistake, Though too. I changed nope. the spelling of the name Amy. Don't ask me why. So, other than that, it's the same. So, I mean, there are a lot of ones I want to look at. Really, Courtney Milan for several different yeah. reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Good choice. Um, mainly because, well, I love her, I love her books. Um, I really like the novellas she put out, and I really respect her for putting it out doing self-pub yep. and I remember I think I forget which RWA is but she came out and she had made the New York Times bestsellers list on that and that really excited me year. and then last year I also went to a 
a, a talk that she gave that um, I was having a really hard time in my writing career at that time, and she just said something that really resonated yeah. with me. And um, she said, you don't have to love every book that you write, because I was on book three and struggling and drowning and thinking, oh my God, I how suck. the hell am I going to get out of this? I suck. Yes, and, I know that And feeling. she was like, you don't have to love every book. You told me you that. that? Yeah, I do. I and I was like, that's me. And I came up to her after said, and she must have thought, crazy stalker, right? I stalked her through as <laughs> she's going through. I'm like, you said exactly what I needed to hear. Mm-hmm. And so that was it. And yes. I just think it's not impossible to get the same kind of high from every book that you write. No. And I think that, no. that that was that was the hardest thing that I was yeah. having. To admit it. One was great. Two felt great. And then I was like, three feels like it's yeah. killing me. Yes. And so, yeah. but I had to finish it. Mm-hmm. That's the business. Yeah. That's part the of the business. Yes. You got to do the thing. You got to do the thing. And you do the best yeah. you can, but it, right. it may not be yeah. awesome. yeah. the best book each time. <laughs> I'm Haley T.C. Burton. J.C., how many books do you have? Um, none. So you got a lot of flat beefcake and no books. I do. Hell yeah. Yeah. Is, is it cool to sell out? It is cool to sell out, but at the same time I feel kind of sad because a lot of people have come by really disappointed. That you didn't get a book? That they didn't get but a book. But you do have ample sweaty beefcake. I have lots of sweaty beefcake to hand out to people as a consolation prize. You have a lot of serious beefcake here. Now, this guy playing to win, he kind of looks like Jesse Metcalf. Okay, the, I'll the, take that. The, the beefcake from, uh, from uh, Dallas. Yes, beefcake. Now he used to, be, used to be Desperate Housewives. Now he's beefcake from Dallas. And I know that's Jed Hill. And that's Jed Hill, too. That's Jed Hill, too? Yeah, Jed Hill is on the perfect play and playing to win. It's really too bad that he's a douche on Twitter. I know. <laughs> he's such a douche on Twitter. It really is. Okay, so what's one thing you really want to tell people about RWA? who aren't here, who are thinking maybe they should come. Who should come to RWA? You know, it's really funny because I was just out in the hall talking to my husband, and I said one of the best things about RWA is how rejuvenating it is. I mean, it's exhausting, yes, but it's also so rejuvenating as a writer because it makes me want to go home and write because it reminds me why I do this. That's very cool. And, I, and I was, when I was talking to the women who were coming in earlier, one of them was so super excited to, to meet you. They were saying that being here is like you, you're, you're already among friends, even though you haven't met them all yet. You know by the end you'll have a good conversation with just about everybody. Yes. You don't usually get that kind of self-assurance walking into a place. So it's really cool to know you're sort of among like-minded people who want the same thing. Yeah. We all want a good book, either to read it or write it or edit it or publish it. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're in a you know a big room like this literacy signing or if you're in the elevator. Yeah, you can have you can you know start a great conversation totally. about our industry, about you know what book did you like? You know, it doesn't matter. You can have a great conversation no matter where you're at. Yes. In the lunch line. Yeah. Especially the lunch line, the line for the ladies' room. The line for the la- in the ladies' room. In the ladies' room. I've done yeah. That. that was day one at rwa coming up soon i'll have podcasts from day two my goal is to interview as many different people who are here as i can to give you a sense of why people come to rwa and what they do while they're here it is a very busy four days but it's also a lot of fun and i hope you're you're getting a sense of how how entertaining and interesting it is and also how nice it is to be around people who who understand what romance is. 
Thank you to Harlequin for sponsoring the podcast. And if you have questions or things you'd like me to try to find out while I'm here, please feel free to email me at sbjpodcast at gmail.com or sarah, that's with an H, at smartbitchestrashybooks.com. I will be doing additional recordings, and if there's someone you want me to track down and ask a question of, I can certainly try to do that. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day, and I hope you are having the very best of reading. 